This week's episode is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. If you've ever thought about starting your own podcast or have tried, but just didn't have the time to figure out all the technical aspects, Pretty Easy Podcasts is here to simplify the process so you can focus on the fun parts of podcasting. If you want a true partner and personal producer at an extremely low rate, go to prettyeasypodcast.com right now to get started. Podcasting is supposed to be a fun and interesting time where you talk about the stuff you know and love. Not a laborious process where you have to learn audio production and build your own studio. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today to start a professional sounding podcast that is done your way. Pretty Easy Podcasts, making podcasting fun, convenient, and well, pretty easy. Aloha, I am June Jones of the Houston Roughnecks, and this is the XFL Show. This is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. What the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL! Welcome, football fans. This is the week of December 29th, 2019. This is the road to 2020, and this is the XFL show. I'm Alan. I'm Jake. And I'm Bryant. This week, we finish off 2019 by taking a look at what rosters look like heading into training camp, and we share our personal XFL hopes and wishes for the coming year. This is episode 102. So long, 2019. We are only six weeks from kickoff in February, and I could feel it. I could I could hear the... the Helmets clanging together, the pads smashing together in Houston, and that just means we're that that much closer to kickoff, Jake. Yeah, you hear the clanging and banging, and it means only one thing. We are closer than ever to the start oh, of the season. Closer than ever, and, and I mean, just like as of this episode coming out, less than a week away from training camp, so we're getting ready for it. On this episode, next week when we come at you, training camp will be starting up and it's going to be a a three-week affair, a a fun fan event. It's also going to be an an intense, intense training camp for players, Bryant, because jobs are on the line and the season essentially has begun. Oh, yeah. I mean, to me, the season has begun already, but you're right, Alan. It's really going to – it's going to be in full effect uh, when we come to you next week, right, because – Training camp is going to be on your way. Alan, this is the last time you're going to be saying 2019 uh, in a show, I would say, yeah. anyway, right? So we're going to be in 2020, uh, so long ago when we started this show. Uh, who knows uh, how it would feel to get there? I still don't even know. 2020. Well, that's a long time. But, yes, football is real. Teams are real. Uh, players are going to be fighting for jobs. Uh, it's, a, it's a great time to be a football fan. Uh, and we're still only six weeks? Six weeks away from that kickoff. And yes, next week's training camp, so we have a lot of roster moves to talk about. We're going to assess each team, look look at them a little bit here. We're also going to discuss uh, well some some important uh, some important transactions that might be made in the next week or so, with uh, you know some looming dates for the NFL that might affect the XFL. So that's all going to be coming up on this week's show, and. We also are going to uh, get into a little bit of what we want to see in 2020, Jake, which I know you're excited to talk about. Yeah, a lot of stuff to talk about what we want to see in 2020. I mean, you know, we, we've we've been alluding to it ever since episode one. We're the whole way on 102. But, you know, there are still uh, more things to finalize. Perhaps what we want to see happen in episode 102 is different than we want that what we wanted to see in episode 52. It definitely is. It definitely is because we know names of players and we know about these teams and they all have kind of formed identities already. And we're going to see what they actually become after Houston. And uh, we're going to 
kind of just it's a kind of looking into into the crystal ball situation coming up at the end of the show uh in terms of interviews this week well it was the holidays so happy holidays to everybody we did not uh want to bug anybody for an interview this week we wanted to keep it uh nice and tight where we have a good discussion he- heading into 2020 wrapping up this i just want to throw this out we, we wanted everybody to have a good crisp christmas yes good crisp christmas good crisp new year's and uh, we, yeah, we wanted everybody to, you know, kind of take a breather after mini camp because it was a whirlwind <laughs> for players and coaches. Now they're they're just wrapping up their their trips home probably, and they will all be descending on Houston, which is going to be awesome. And we're we're looking forward to covering it all for you uh, starting next week. But this week is going to be a lot of fun. In the meantime, 724-565-4XFL is the phone number to call. If you want to leave us a voicemail ever, we'll play it on next week's show if you want to get in. That's 724-565-4XFL, or you could do what all the cool kids do and hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, at XFL Show. We've been getting a lot of good interaction there. And actually, I want to shout out, Bryant, uh, someone who hit us up this past week who said that they've been listening to every episode in the archive. This is from iHeartDivots, I who said, Sorry if you've covered this one uh, on one of the episodes. Just recently started listening on episode 30 already. Hope to be caught up by season kickoff, but will there be a draft each year? Uh, and we've been told by the commissioner there will be drafts, future drafts coming up. Uh, the, this league does the drafts, plural, very differently from you know other leagues because – they have to be a little bit more fluid. We'll hear what the next big draft is going to be from the league, I'm sure, soon enough. But I just appreciate, Bryant, that iHeart Divots went all the way back to episode one and is on episode 30 now. <laughs> That's some dedication right there. I appreciate that, iHeart Divots, uh, to go back and listen to 102 episodes, plus some bonus episodes on there as well. Uh, some dedication. So somebody who wants to be well-informed going in uh, to the XFL in February 2020. So. Uh, kudos to them because, man, we, we're putting all these shows. I mean, if it was like episode 30, I could probably go back and have the time to listen to all the episodes. There's just too much uh, going in. Alan, how uh, how jealous are you of these people that can go back from the beginning and listen to them all in a row? Do you almost wish that somebody kicked you in the head really hard so you got amnesia? <laughs> yeah, well, you you know me. I'm 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 a sucker for a good binge. I love I love consuming as much content as possible, and I have fun doing the show. But I I can only imagine it's fun hearing people. We're we're talk about the XFL. We're you know diving into prepping shows and actually putting them on. I don't get to listen to them back as much. So I am kind of jealous, Jake, of iHeart Divots and whoever goes back to our archive. And anybody can because it's all there on the podcast feed, absolutely free of charge. Go back to episode one, relive the road to 2020 because, well, now 2020 is here and it's on. Um, thanks thanks to iHeart Divots and everybody else hitting us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at XFL Show, having a lot of fun. Uh, I also want to say thanks to the Roughnecks and Renegades for our interviews last week. We did have good crisp interviews with June Jones, head coach of the Roughnecks, and Winston Craig, defensive end of the Renegades. Those are isolated and up on our YouTube channel if you want to listen to them by themselves or just go back into last week's episode and check those interviews out. Uh, They were very enlightening when it comes to what a coach and a player were thinking coming out of minicamp. And uh, if you want to know more about mini camps, go to XFL.com because every team has a, a mm-hmm. recap page on there, and they are r- really good. Uh, they, they give you a glimpse into what happened. Each team is pretty unique situation. But I will say, Bryant, reading each one of those, every team seems to be bragging about their speed. So someone has to be have a faster team than the other. We're going to find out, I think, in Houston. Uh, speed is important, but I brought it up last week, and I can't stress this enough. Can you tackle? You if you can <laughs> if you can run to the ball, you still got to tackle. Uh, everybody's, uh, you know, it's that time of year where everybody's the greatest team on, in the XFL, right? It's no one's going to say uh, that they're struggling or anything like that, that they're having some some holes to fill. But it is a good time of year to be a fan of any one of these eight teams, <clears throat> Jake. Uh, so hopefully, uh, we we continue to get this content all the way through um, training camp. Yeah, I mean, from what my sources are are telling me. Uh, the Vipers claim to be the fastest team, but they're not as fast as the Guardians, um, who are slightly faster than the Roughnecks, although uh, the Battlehawks are the fastest overall. 
I would have given it up to faster than you. I would have given it up to the Renegades because they have Tommy Lee Lewis, but now he's on a, a, a he's trying out at least for the Saints. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of fast fast dudes on these rosters. I can't wait to see them uh, kind of go at it in Houston and see really where the team speed truly is. Um, on these mini camp recaps, though, if you look at the different team pages, the, the Renegades have a Bob Stoops interview, a, a very brief interview, but pretty cool. Um, he emphasized how good Landry Jones looked at mini camp. And I just wanted to ask you, Bryant, do you think there's a quarterback in this league that has the complete full support of their coach like Landry Jones? Because it seems like Bob Stoops has the utmost confidence it, it's unwavering. He trusts him as much now as he did back at OU. <clears throat> I think the only one that probably comes close is, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. It's not even that. Cardinal Jones is the only one that I think would have that much uh, trust. Cardell, right, the, you're saying? Yeah, Cardell in DC. I... But in terms of the relationship and the, and how far back they go and what. Yeah, Bob Stoops is going to let Landry not. do it. Yeah. It's, it's Landry. All yeah, way. that. Yeah, in that regard. But I mean, I feel like the Guardians are pretty gung ho about Matt McGloin. But hearing Bob Stoops just in this brief interview talk about Landry Jones, that's kind of cemented. He's the man down there. Whereas up in Seattle, it's a true quarterback battle between B.J. Daniels and Brandon Silvers. And there's a good write up in the Seattle Times this week about B.J. Daniels and uh, his road to the Dragons and. You know, they, they are through the two weeks of minicamp. They're going head to head. But uh, in the article, it talks about kind of the bond and friendship that they developed over the last few weeks and how they're both approaching this in a, as a friendly competition. So uh, I'd highly encourage people to check that out. That's a good read if you're going to be a Dragons fan for sure. Uh, I cannot wait for that. And then uh, the, there's another interesting video on XFL.com of Pep Hamilton, who has us all absolutely freaking hyped for kickoff. Think about how you felt a month ago, two months ago, when you was hoping that you can get this opportunity, right? To feel like you feel right now. You know what I'm saying? In football, pain is a privilege. We're training, preparing for a 12-round heavyweight Donnie Brook, no freaking gloves, fight for something that has value beyond cost. This was <laughs> this was not summer camp. This was mini camp, and now it's going to be training camp, and they are preparing for something here, Jake, and it's not the bug juice. <laughs> that sounded like you were trying to, uh, you know, hype up somebody at the MGA or MGM Grand right before they were going to go out there in a, in a heavyweight fight or something. Oh, that's I, I mean, Brian, you're, you know, your boy at the Wildcats, he, he may have a he may have an adversary or another adversary in this league. <laughs> the intensity is something you want to look at, right? That was incredible from from Pep. I went into the bare knuckle fighting. I mean, that's just just insane. Uh, you never see that nowadays. So uh, he, the, the intensity level of these coaches, and I saw when I was in L.A. In I'm sorry, at the L.A. Uh, mini camp in Vegas, uh, there's an intensity level there in all aspects. No one's sitting around waiting for this season to start. They're working, they're grinding, and uh, I in that term of pain is a um, is a privilege. Is that what is that what Pep said? <laughs> Uh, it's almost like an honor. Yeah, that's that's very true because you got to earn uh, your stripes here uh, in the XFL. I love. I just love that. I love that glimpse into the mini camp there, and, and Pep kind of just talking about being real with all those guys. Uh, you know, right before the clip we actually played from him, he does even say like, "Think about you know what you were doing before you got here, and and, and everything you were hoping for to be in this moment where you're hurting." At minicamp, they were he was running them into the ground, and I mean that that and then then Houston, it's gonna be worse. It's gonna be it's gonna be strenuous. It's gonna be tough on these players, but I hopefully they'll all love it and enjoy it and embrace it because that's what it is all about. That's the competition finally in effect here in the XFL, and it is going to be very visible if you're down in Houston observing training camp for sure. Man, it's been, a, it's been a fun week, and we've got plenty to talk about. Uh, but before we do, 
We do want to talk about what's coming up also after minicamp, shortly after minicamp gets underway. Jake, the media blitz is ongoing, and it's been it's been confirmed through this, through all the talking. January 7th, the rule book comes out. So not only do we have training camp to look forward to this week, we have the almighty XFL rule book finally. Hey, you guys cover training camp because you know there's a lot of big dates recently. Uh, December 25th, January 1st, January 4th, but none bigger, at least, you know, the way I'm thinking than January 7th. The rule book, leather bound, uh I, I've been working on my accents, Brian. I, I don't <laughs> really. I don't think it's going to get any better. <laughs> well, if it's not going to get any better, let's hear it now. Uh, no, no, save no, it. No, save it you. for January seventh. <laughs> but yes, media blitz, Brian, confirming that the the rule book is coming out. It's going to hit us, and it's going to hit us in the face with all all the new rules we're going to get to look at, think about, react to, talk about. I can't wait for that. Training camp and the rule book coming at us in the next week and a half. Well, I heard Divots has to go back because I know we talked about how we wanted this information distributed to us. Jake, you're talking about a leather bound uh, cover. Uh, I think we said videos. Some of us said PDF going PDF version so we can, you know, I prefer a word doc so I can edit and, you know, do some more things in there just to kind of highlight things in the PDF. But either way, it is coming January 7th. It's going to be a very busy day, a lot of reading to get done. Uh, that day because we want to make sure we we understand every single aspect and, and jake you're gonna harp on this because you, you hate me so much but the aaf uh some of those rules literally came out the the morning of kickoff right the the, the whole uh no uh, no more than five uh pass rushers uh, was was all something that was just given to us at the very last second that none of us knew about so uh to give us that much time to analyze and understand what kind of football we're going to be watching is pretty awesome uh, so I'm excited January 7th. Even though a lot of the rules are already kind of out, we kind of know most of them, it's going to be nice to see that finalized and out well, there no. for the fans to enjoy. It's going to be great because I am going to print out the PDF version of it, and I am going to take it everywhere I go, the bus, the bar, the library, and anyone I run into publicly and socially, wherever, I'm going to bust that thing out and start pointing to different rules that I think might interest people to, to get discussions Ooh, going. They should make a pocket version. A pocket? Yeah, mobile? A mobile version, yeah, maybe a mobile app or a just like a pocket version. You know, you just put that in your back pocket. You know, the, the <laughs> millennials might not remember, but back in the day, we had like these little pocket. You know, you had, they had pocket everything. You had pocket books, textbooks, uh, mean, Bibles, all those things. You just put it in the back pocket. You're sounding out, like. And then you you're, just, are you going to start like putting on a, a a shirt and a tie and going door to door and knocking on knocking? Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Have you heard about the XFL? <laughs> uh, it, it, it just just accessibility and we always talk about that impressive unprecedented access a pocket version of the rule book would be nice I'll, any uh, any version i can't wait for january 7th it's been far too long you know since the days of the door-to-door salesman yeah well we're gonna have the good thing is that that date that gives us an entire month also jake to sink our teeth into it January 7th to kick off in February 8th. So I think that's plenty of time. And you're one who always focuses on the allotted time and how much how much of a burn you get, how much you're able to sink your teeth into something and be prepared. And I think a month and a day is pretty good. Yeah, I, I think that's fine. That's, uh, that's sufficient time. I, I wouldn't have argued if they gave it to us three months ago, though. Yeah, well, of course not, but I'll take the month, and it's going to be a lot of fun. That's January 7th, and I'm sure uh, we'll be referencing the rule book maybe a little bit more throughout the episode, but it is now time to get into some of the news of the week and some of the things we need to uh, get into heading into training camp on January 4th. Let's begin things with this week's Cover 2. Going for two. Go for two and the lead. So the end of the NFL season cometh. And that does affect the affect the XFL because, well, coaches and players are about to hit the market. They call it Black Monday for coaches. And then for players, well, anyone on a practice squad or, you know, guys on those short-term contracts in the NFL, they could fall through the cracks and become available to the XFL and might want to ply their trade and get some game tape out there. So that means we are going to be seeing another round of signees 
to the league, Bryant. We fully expect that. Uh, I've been looking at the practice squads up and down the NFL, looking for interesting targets. And you see some of the names on there, and they have already been drafted in the XFL. Yeah, there are a lot of interesting names out there still, Alan, that potentially could end up in the XFL. We've, we've been talking about it for a long time. You specifically about how the XFL could get more players after the NFL season is over in January. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how many of those players actually do want to play in the XFL, uh, even practice squads. You know, they, they made a good salary last year. If they can make this practice squad again this coming year, uh, do they entertain the idea of actually coming into the XFL? Who knows? But yeah, I, I'm assuming it's going to be around uh, the, what's the last day of the season is today. If you're listening to the podcast when it drops on Sunday, so I would say what it would probably be after the new year that we see some kind of movement, I would think, by the XFL and signing some of these players. Uh, but but they are going to be available. And if players want to jump, I'm sure the XFL will welcome them. Uh, what kind of process that'll be if they're already been drafted? Do they still get assigned to that team that, that drafted them? Uh, all, all that a lot of questions to be answered, but it is a very interesting time uh, for some of these players. Yeah, and the and the league hasn't really put out a for, the formal process how this you know neck these sign signings will happen. Uh, so we don't know if this is going to exactly be through a, a draft, a closed doors draft like we've recently had, or an, a big draft like we were at Brian in Connecticut. But uh, you have to believe with training camp starting next week that teams will act quickly if these players hit the market next week next week as well right before training camp so who knows maybe some guys could get picked up immediately after the nfl season and show up in houston in time for the full length of camp so we'll be keeping our eye on that for sure uh see guys like rashard davis who is on the titans 53-man roster this week bryant going into week 17 he's a first pick of the dc defenders and we'll see if the titans end up keeping him around or what happens with a player like that and there are other guys across the league like that so uh, you know, the, some players, I honestly can't, I don't know, do you even want to guess? I cannot even guess how many players that over the next week or so will be picked up as the NFL season ends, but you you definitely know some will. It's just the, the, the total number, it's not like the draft where you could pinpoint it, oh, we're going to get 70 picks here. This is much different. Well, it's like the supplemental draft, right? The supplemental draft saw just a random number of players picked by every team. I'm assuming it's going to be what players are available that make themselves available for the XFL and and what teams want to pick them up and which which teams don't. I think you have, there's a fine line you have to walk here too because if you're the XFL, you know you have some of these players that have gone through mini camp that have made it through so far. You're going to have to cut some of these players to make room for these NFL players you want to bring in. And I know it's it's business at the end of the at the end of the day, but you need some stability in your league. And if you bring in these players as a uh, hey, January 1st type movement, then what does it say about all your other players? That They're going to want some stability as well back. So uh, it would be interesting if, if the X, if the NFL, I'm sorry, if the XFL uh, does limit how many players come uh, from the NFL. There was a rumor a long time ago, and I no truth or anything like that, but we could just kind of speculate on it, is that the XFL wanted players that didn't really play football in 2019 to play for them in 2020. I mean, you want fresh guys for sure. If anyone's coming out of a, playing an entire NFL season, you know, you know, there there might be some wear and tear. Or if you're getting a practice squad guy, though, that's a different story. They've just been practicing all year and haven't been in the game. So I definitely would want players like that. Uh, and well, I definitely think that some of those players will get picked up. And you know, you bring them to camp and then have the have them compete for roster spots. That's what training camp is all about. Um, I have a question, though. Jake, we've been talking about players. Uh, you know, they're definitely going to make the jump, some of these guys that get cut out of the NFL at the end of the season. What about coaches? Black Market, uh, Black Monday on is, is, is approaching. Entire staffs of coaches will be let go. Uh, individual coaches will be let go. People will be out there. I mean, all these XFL staffs do have guys all, you know, they've got – guys signed and have been working do you foresee though any additions i'm i almost think no i i think the stat you know at least from everything we've heard the head coaches you know they like who their staff is right now I, i'm not sure if you want to uh that would be a rotten move to let somebody go 
I think that's that's been with you yes. already to, to, to bring in somebody else. I think you need – I think this is a little bit different than the players where I, I think, you know, if you can get a better player that, uh, you know, is off the NFL practice squad, that's something you definitely do and the league would want you to do. But coach-wise, I think you got to stick with who you have right now. I, I think it's, a, it, it's bad PR. And it, like I said, it seems like the – the staffs that are in hand, people people like them. And, yeah, you have to think that if there are any additions, there won't be subtractions because from every coach we've talked to so far, they all seem to be loving the staffs they put together, and they did put them together themselves. They're coaches they chose to coach alongside them. So to think that they would cut a ties with someone like that, that would be weird. But we'll see if maybe a guy gets added. Who knows? You, I don't know what kind of resources each coach is being given or if they've saved any. Um, there's a guy in New York, Bryant, who hasn't hired an offensive coordinator, Kevin Gilbride. I mean, I don't think he plans to from what we've heard. But who knows? Maybe they teams can bring in consultants. And, and you know, each coach, as the general manager as well, uh, has, you know, been able to handle their own resources however they want to. So we'll see what kind of. Uh, additions they're able to make in the coaching ranks with the NFL season ending, but we'll keep our eye on them as well. But mostly the players, the players are what we will watch. And this coming Monday, we'll start hearing some of them who become available and see what happens over the next week or so, or maybe even all through January, because uh, even as training camp goes on, you got to imagine some guys might be brought in. Uh, roster moves were already being made, and we've talked about some trades last week. Uh, but with training camp here, uh, you've got teams making cuts and adding guys and all sorts of uh, move, moving and shaking going on in the league to get ready for Houston. And uh, before we talk about some of the specific additions, Brian, I do want to say this. My number one priority in terms of if I'm a coach is I'm watching my linemen because what an odd time to have a training camp right after the holidays. Hopefully these guys get to Houston fit and not 30 pounds overweight from eating Christmas hams. <laughs> if, if I mean, mini camp only ended like three days before Christmas, Alan. So I think they'll be all right. That's a lot of weight to be putting on between mini camp and training camp. If any of these guys went at, went at it on Christmas Eve, the way I did, they're in trouble. <laughs> Well, you know, <laughs> some of them are professional athletes. I, I hope so. I, I think you've you've got a different mindset. They probably weren't, you know, uh, shoveling cream corn and biscuits <laughs> like you were. Well, no, you cannot. You can never underestimate the allure of a Christmas ham or the seven fishes. They even the strongest and best professional athletes could fall victim to something like that. It's like, but you know what? If you, you know what? Down here in SoCal, if you can get a, a tamale in front of you, forget oh. it, because you don't just eat one. It's like the penguin spinning an umbrella in front of you. You can't resist those seven, all seven of them. I will say yeah. though, that if somebody brings turkey in front of me right now, I'll just probably, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just heavily gag because I no more holiday food, please. <laughs> I am at that point as well. <laughs> Detox time. Uh, but no, so seriously, some of the, the the moves that have been made have been interesting. We have a few to talk about, and then we could break down the rosters a little bit here. Bryant, you did some great work with looking at the numbers of each team and who they drafted who they have left what additions they've made uh just some notable names that we've seen so far this past week the renegades made a few moves among them they added james quick a wide receiver who infamously playing at louisville uh kind of made a blunder playing with lamar jackson they were going up against clemson he when I saw that play, thought he had the first down, but was well short of it because he ran out of bounds. He didn't go for it, essentially. He didn't, like, dive for it or anything. I guess he thought he already got it. Uh, so that's what he's known for. But he was a solid wide receiver playing for Louisville with uh, Lamar Jackson. He gets picked up by the Renegades, who, of course, did lose Ryan Broyles early on before minicamp, who retired. So interesting moves they've made as well. The Vipers have uh, waived Vincent Testaverde Jr., who was one of the handful of quarterbacks that Mark Tressman was working with down there in Tampa. Uh, but we've been saying he's got a good room already, and that was a tough competition for Vincent Testaverde to stick his nose into. And as he found out, you know, it was maybe a, not, there was no room for him, really, because they're, they're working with some good guys down there in uh, Cornelius and Murray, 
who are the top two we're, we've been thinking. So the Vipers have their quarterback battle. The Dragons have a quarterback battle we talked about earlier, Bryant. But then they go ahead and sign an all-time kicker in it, the NCAA, Cole Tracy, out of LSU, because their kicker they drafted, Greg Joseph, went to the Tennessee Titans. So a few moves made there, and the LA Dragons also made a, hel- a handful of moves. I think the or the, excuse me, the LA Wildcats, Brian. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm about to get my head chewed off. The LA Wildcats. Did they make the most moves of any team? Trades and free agent pickups. <laughs> well, they did do two trades, which is more. Uh, then I think that well, they and the Vipers both did two trades, so that's where that's at right there. Uh, the Wildcats did pick up uh, six players in, in, in free agency, I guess you want to call it. They were undrafted, uh, but honestly, the, the team that made the most moves is New York. New York picked up 10 players outside of the two drafts, the supplemental and the draft, uh, back in October. Uh, so, so a lot of fluidity, you know, Oliver Luck mentioned it that, you know, this is kind of a moment in time the draft is, right? And and these rosters are going to continue to evolve. They're going to continue to change. And and they they have, I mean, drastically. From the draft, most of these teams are, are, are carrying, you know, anywhere between 15 to 20 less guys than they drafted, right? So that draft happened. Uh, the identities of the teams started to, um, you know, be created, I guess you could say, and but 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 that was just a moment in time because now 20 players are on these rosters that were never there in October at the end of that two-day event. So Yeah, 20 or uh, so. Yeah, we'll break that we'll break down the numbers here in a second, Brian, cuz you did do some some good work there looking at what t- what each team did. Um another one that's notable is also that uh Dallas and they they you know picked up the wide receiver we just said. The Renegades also have Tommy Lee Lewis as a draft pick, but he was trying out for the Saints. This week, alongside Antonio Brown, uh, Jake, I don't know. That's a tough decision for the Saints. What would you do if you were them? Would you go with Tommy Lee Lewis or Antonio Brown? Uh, I, I mean, considering there's only what uh, there's at least for the Saints, there, there's only a minimum of two games left in the season. Of course, you could have more. Antonio Brown, clearly a better wide receiver, and. <laughs> I, I mean, if, if you're worth just the headache, he, well, I, I'm no, he's not worth, he's <laughs> not worth 16 weeks of a headache, but he may be worth two weeks uh, or, or four weeks of a headache. If it gets you where you want to. So you're saying if you're a renegades fan, you want the saints to pick up a B so that Tommy Lee Lewis could come back to Dallas. I, I think so. Yeah. They're, they also, the saints were working out Reggie Begleton who. You may never have heard of, but he was a CFL standout this past season, played with Calgary. And if he's in the States trying out for teams over the course of the next month, that is a player teams in the XFL seriously need to reach out to if he's not going to get picked up by a team like the Saints of the NFL for the playoff run. That there That is a very good wide receiver that I definitely think would be an asset to one of these XFL rosters. And I don't know if I could. I'm just going to stop. I don't know if that's accurate because what if he runs past the end zone thinking that he has to run an extra 10 yards to get a touchdown? Come on, Bryant. These guys are professionals. They know the difference between the game. It's I think he, he stands behind the goalpost waiting for a what is it called? The, the one pointer thing? A rouge? No, a rouge? No, he's like a legit wide out who ran, you know, good routes, good route runner, was like their sure handed player all season long. Yeah, he's a good player. I'm telling you. I know my CFL. Tommy Lee Lewis, very good player as well. Can do a lot of things super fast, super quick, uh, and actually could get up there for a shorter wide receiver too. So, yeah, watch that Saints tryout if you're a Dallas Renegades fan for sure. The breakdown of these uh, rosters now, Bryant, that we talked, we alluded to. So Dallas, we'll start with them because we were on them. Uh, they're down to uh, of the drafted players. And now these teams have full rosters going into camps, but we're only talking about – the drafted players they have remaining from the initial XFL draft and the Dallas Renegades of their initial 71 picks, 70 picks, one assigned, have 52 remaining from the original XFL draft. That means the rest of their players with a roster, a full roster of what, 70 going into training camp, Bryant. Uh, they have 52, 52 of them are the original draft picks. All the other guys have been added over the past few weeks. Yeah, so for Dallas, you had nine added in the supplemental draft. Can't forget about that one. Uh, one uh, from a trade, 
uh, and then seven were undrafted free agents. So uh, you're, you're going to see a lot of this um, throughout all these teams where where most of me, you know, the teams are still built based on that draft. The core of these teams are going to come from that draft. But there's a lot of fluidity, a lot of movement uh, in these rosters, and you're going to see that from the supplemental trades and um, undrafted free agents. Yeah, and you're going to also see this every year in the XFL, I think, if uh, if you know we go multiple seasons because this is a, a different kind of league. It's not just one draft and it's over. The draft is a process, I look at it, and the way it works is the draft happens, but there are, like we've been saying, fluidity. There are things that happen. The NFL comes a-calling. Guys just get cut. Things happen between you know the fall and February, and teams like D.C., who had a bunch of players. I mean, they had a handful of guys get picked up by practice squads. One's on a 53-man this week, Brian. They're down to 49 guys of their initial draftees remaining on their squad. So a lot of new faces from that first uh, that first week of their you know roster's existence. But uh, they're going to be going into Houston pretty prepared, as we heard Pep Hamilton is fired up, and he's not playing games with whoever he is on his roster. <laughs> well, they were hit the hardest, and we talked about that too pre- previously. They lost three of their four first-round uh, picks in those phases, uh, so the, they had a lot of rebuilding to do you know, in D.C., but you're right, 49 of the original 70 still left on the team, uh, no trades, uh, but they did pick up a lot of players in the supplemental. They picked up more than anyone, and that was 11. That's They've had to do the most work in terms of keeping that team uh, at full strength, I guess you could say. Yep, and then you have the Houston Roughnecks, who have 55 remaining from their initial draft. Uh, the LA Wildcats at 53. The New York Guardians at 50. The Battlehawks at 52. Seattle boasts the most remaining draft picks at 57. And then you have Tampa Bay at 54. And uh, what does that mean? Uh, it just means that things happen and, and nothing detrimental, I think, because I don't think any of anything was too devastating because the core that, uh, you know, that these teams drafted and were hoping they'd have and mostly the quarterbacks that were assigned were protected. And uh, we'll see what happens Do, if the D.C. defenders go into the season and have a terrible year. Maybe we'll look back at that and say, well, they were really affected by it. But right now I would draft it too good. Yeah, I wouldn't put too much. (laughs) I wouldn't put too much stock in that right now. Uh, Those are just numbers to me, really, because that's just the business. And that's what's going to happen. Yeah, it's just numbers. Alan. I mean, we don't know what any of this really means. It was just more of an analytical piece on my side just to see what are these rosters built of? Where do they come from? If D.C. ends up with the with the worst team, I'm going to honestly say it's because they drafted too good. And all their players probably were consumed by other t- by the NFL before they could even sign on the dotted line, and that's just the truth of the matter. So, a, a lot of moving parts. You know, we're still six weeks away from kickoff, so I guarantee you these numbers are going to change again. Jake, what do you think the arguments are going to be like then next draft? If that's the strategy, you want to have a really mediocre draft in order to have a good <laughs> I season. I, I don't think anybody's going. <laughs> Going into a war room and saying, "Okay, guys, you know, let, let, let's good. find those middle of the pack. We need to get all the guys nobody wants. Okay. <laughs> That's not the strategy. You're like, like a hockey figure. reference would be like second liners. We need second liners, no first liners on this team. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't see that. Uh, I don't see that happening. I mean, those are the real gems, though. Like, if you find a guy who's like a, was a D three standout, but just the NFL is not looking at them, and then they come and tear it up for a season, that that will be like the big score. I'm interested to see those kind of players coming into the XFL that just haven't been on the radar at all. But the radar guys, like like we talked about, Rashard Davis, Tommy Lee Lewis, uh, those are guys you're you draft knowing that the NFL has their eye on them or someone is talking about them outside the XFL walls. So you understand the risk when you draft players like that. That's why I'm not too concerned, especially for teams like D.C. or New York. But uh, with training camp approaching, uh, you know, the rosters are set for that, and that's going to happen, and the NFL season is over with, and they might even add more guys to the competition. So keeping our eyes out, peeled, right? Last week I, I said eyes are peeled, ears are open. Is that how it goes, Brian? I think it's ears are peeled, eyes are open. I'm not peeling my ears Maybe for anybody. Eyes peel. I'm telling you that. I don't I'll, know if you should peel your eyes. I'm paying attention to the player movement from the NFL to the XFL. If it happens, 
Uh, I'm hoping a lot. We'll see from these practice squads over the course of the next week or so. But it's uh, been a very busy transactional week for the XFL going into Houston's training camp. And, man, I don't know what's going to go down there in in training camp, Jake, but those guys are going to be focusing on, you know, playbooks and getting better every single day, as they'll, they'll tell us. But then the rule book hits on January 7th. Wouldn't you be distracted? Because if I'm a player, I'd be staying up all night reading that thing. And they're going to be telling me lights out at 1030. And I'm going to be like, no, I want to wait, stay up and read this rule book. It's going to be really tough. Well, I think that would be, uh, you know, partially the response. You know, I would imagine that the coaches, you know, that that's the homework they're going to go. They're going to, you know, go to your. Uh, go to your dorm and read the rule book and tomorrow we'll discuss it. It's going to be like school. You know, this clearly the coaches have an inside track to this and, you know, they're going to be teaching this, but it's still personable, personal responsibility for the players themselves to learn. I just want Bryant. If we get to Houston, if we could see Norm Chow in a classroom full of his offensive players and he gets them all repeating reciting the rule book with him and he goes, Everybody, after the ball is kicked out of bounds on the first kickoff of the game, the ball lands at the, and they all say simultaneously, the 45-yard line. Good work, everybody. Good work. Now turn your rule book to page eight. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for uh, slides. Uh, maybe a, a good old fashioned uh, overhead projector. PowerPoint yep. presentation, oh, yeah. baby. <laughs> oh. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. I, I personally think it's the coach's responsibility to teach the players the new rules. Yes, uh, the, the players well, are just it, there to play is, football, but they can also give homework. I don't. I mean, you're talking about a who knows how many pages, but per position, how many pages could you possibly care about? Right, you're a cornerback. Can I touch the guy before after five yards? Yes or no? Can I well, do this? Can the I do majority. That? Like, what do you care rule, about the offensive line rules? I, the majority I would of have, the rule book is going to be the same. I would have a rule book. A segment of each day if I was uh, running one of these camps if you know if, if uh, Jim Zorn wants his team to be perform the best they possibly can you you he would want his players to know the rule book inside and out that goes for any coach so you have to dedicate time in this training camp to understanding it when it comes out January 7th if you they don't already someone who could use a you talk about someone who could use a pocket rule book you know we haven't talked about Jim Zorn much on the show recently I feel like that man could benefit from a pocket rule book. So if if one of your coaches can, I think you should distribute that, uh, you know, nationwide. Why why does he need a pocket rule book and not other coaches? I think Jim Zorn's well, got got it together. Well, it's because I think apps are not really readily available on flip phones usually. Oh, the, the, you know, that's what you're saying. The digital component. Oh, well, that makes a little sense. I don't. Know. It's it's ready ready available. Those pocket <laughs> rule books. That's what I do like about them. You could roll them up. Maybe hit a player over the helmet with them to get get it through hey, his skull. This is 2020, Alan. We oh, don't do sorry. that anymore. Can't. So we're not going to be seeing that. Don't you understand? You can double forward pass this thing. Double forward pass on this play. <laughs> I personally hope it's bound in like a green spiral notebook like the water boy. <laughs> we will find out in just over a week from the show dropping as of this live on tape podcast. Uh, that does it for this week's cover, too. Uh, and let us know your favorite roster moves, the ones you think will be impactful. If you got an eye on a player and you say, oh, man, I can't believe they picked that guy up, watch out for him. We love hearing that stuff, at XFL Show on Twitter, and uh, maybe we'll react to it. We'll, we'll give, I'll give my opinions if I notice anything happening over the coming weeks for sure, especially if Tommy Lee Lewis comes back because I think he could be an impactful player. Hey, Football Freaks, it's Alan. Just want to take the time here to let you know that this week's show is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. If you're thinking of doing a podcast, there is a way for you to do a show without having to become an audio editing master, production whiz kid. You can just go to prettyeasypodcasts.com and get your own personal producer at a very, very low cost. That'll be someone who can guide you, assist you, help you out with whatever you need, get your podcast off the ground. If you have an idea or a topic you want to talk about on a weekly basis, a daily basis, it doesn't matter. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com. 
get started today. Take some of the hassle of starting a podcast off your shoulders and let the audio professionals at Pretty Easy Podcasts help you out. Pretty Easy Podcasts is where podcasters go to get their shows recorded and posted with the complete podcast studio at their disposal. Record from home or your office or anywhere, really. Pretty Easy Podcasts caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. Go to Pretty Easy Podcasts com sign up today be heard have some fun podcasting and don't let a lack of technical knowledge hold you back go to prettyeasypodcast.com today let's get into the moment jake's been waiting for this week because he's a big fan of superlatives and talking about his hopes and his wishes and his dreams and that's what we're going to do in this week's hot read Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! Hey, Rick Flair! Rick Flair! Pepper, flip, caliber. Motown, happy, jolly, drop, buster, Miller, tiger! I think he's got a hound too, Rodney, I think. Well, with 2019 winding down here, we're not going to do the what Auld Lang Sing gimmick here, Brian, but we are going to look ahead to the coming year. No reflection needed. We know everything that's happened. We've been talking about it nonstop on the road to 2020. 2020 is about to be here. So I want to talk about what we're hoping for individually, our personal wishes for the XFL going into this season and I want to hear from Jake first, and we've been talking about players a lot this this show so far. So, Jake, of all the players we know that are in the XFL so far, which XFL player do you want to see succeed the most? Uh, you know, if you would have asked me this two weeks ago, I may have said Sean Oakman, uh, especially like we were saying how he was on a lot of marketing, but, uh, you know, not to rehash anything, but that's not going to happen after he is no longer in the league. So the player that I want to see succeed the most, and it has nothing to do with, uh, you know, personal agendas or anything, but I've been talking about him, Cardell Jones. I want to see this. I want to see uh, the District of Columbia look like Columbus, Ohio down there. I want to see some, you know, some college level. Well, I, I say college level. I don't mean I, I want to see pro level, but I want to see uh, I want to see what he looked like at Ohio State out in the XFL. I, I think that would be exciting. So that's who I would like to see. You want to see that Cardale Jones once again? Yeah, 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 yeah. I do. I want to. I want to see him. I want to see what we thought we were going to see in the NFL. From. I like that. That's a that's a, a very a very very uh, I would say perfect candidate. For this sort of thing yeah i think I, a lot I of think it is realistic yeah i think a lot of people have their eye on cardell jones and think he could do special things obviously uh the xfl brass uh do they they assigned him as, as one of the top quarterbacks and the dc defenders were super happy to have him uh but what about you bryant which player do you want to succeed you want to see succeed the most okay i'm just going to put that out there that answering this question is like asking me what 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 flavor of ice cream is your favorite because you know they're basically all good and you What's want so it all difficult about right. answering that but <laughs> listen to my sentence before i interrupt me sir it's like they're all good but, but you have to pick one if you're making me choose one i just feel like i want all these players to succeed uh, but if i had to choose one specific player selfishly i'm gonna have to pick Josh Johnson. I feel like this man has gone through so much to get to a point where he can actually play and actually, you know, he, he, he's been so close for so long that maybe finally getting the chance to play every single down uh, is going to be what he needs to, to extend his football career in the NFL just that much longer. So uh, Josh Johnson for, for the uh, QB for the Wildcats, I'm, I'm hoping he, he can make the best of this opportunity. And yeah, and you're saying not just because he's going to be on the team you will be rooting for, but because this guy's bounced, he's bounced around literally. It's like I can, more NFL teams than I could count. More teams tried to pick him up after he signed with the XFL. 
He hasn't had the opportunity to just go out there and put out some game tape. And obviously he has talent because all these teams want him. But then something happens because of, I don't know, roster. It's time to make roster moves and he gets let go. But now he's going to have a full season where he can actually put that tape out there. It just it, it's really what the league's all about. So I think, again, another perfect candidate. Uh, and you guys both went quarterbacks. And obviously everybody's going to have their eyes on the quarterbacks. I, I went with, well, two, but one's not even officially on a roster right now because he's on the Steelers practice squad. But Quadri Henderson was drafted by the New York Guardians. And selfishly, just because he's a pit guy and I love watching that guy play, I'm hoping he does well. But I selected Savion Smith as my guy. I really want to see succeed. The cornerback for the Houston Roughnecks, who is a legitimate cornerback, was a five-star recruit to LSU. It doesn't get any better than that at that position in particular. It did not pan out. He got hurt and he got passed up. Why? Because it's DBU and they got a bunch of great players there. And if you get hurt, you get passed by, the playing time's just not there. So what did he do? He became a junior college baller, coveted by a bunch of teams. Enough so he goes to Alabama and he plays an entire season and did really well for them. But the NFL just didn't take for him. He didn't make it for whatever reason. That opportunity passed him by, but here's the XFL for a guy who obviously has talent, has been scouted by the best there is, and they've told him, you got talent, and now he gets to go out there and really shine in a pro environment. I can't wait to see what a player like Savion Smith can do in the XFL at cornerback, especially in a league that's probably going to make it difficult on quarterbacks, honestly, with how fast these offenses are going to roll. Uh, he could be a very special standout player with the talent he has because I think quarterbacks are going to be at a premium in this league, Jake. So it sounds like you're going more for a, a feel-good comeback story, I guess. Is, I'm is going that yeah, for, yeah, it's kind of, yeah. I mean, a guy who has, he's, he's had his ups and downs through his career, uh, but a guy who's obviously talented, I think, and those are all over the XFL, not just Savion Smith. Well, but you're going to have to be really out. good to, uh, to stand out as a cornerback in you know in, in this league, let alone any professional football league. I think. I'm marking that that audio right there, Jake, because I'm excited to see what these corners in this league do. Because on paper, a lot of the best players look like their corners, and that's what it's going to have to be. Because you're. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be a difficult job. It's difficult in the NFL, in college. It's a hard position to play. Um, let's talk coaches. What about the coaches this year? Which coach, Jake? Moss. I said, Jake, which coach will be the most talked about in 2020 by the media? See, I, I mean, there's really... I think there's only one obvious answer, but I'll, I'll say that there's two obvious answers just so Brian doesn't yell at me. And, and, and that's, you know, Coach Stoops, I think, would have to be the most obvious. But I think, you know, he's either going to have to do – for him to be the most talked about, he's going to have to do really good or really bad. Because if he does not have a good season, which, you know, I, I have no information that he's going through, but I'm just saying if he does not have a good season, then everybody's going to be saying, well, you know, where, where is he going to be playing next year? Uh, you know, what, which which college is going to try and uh, try to recruit him? You know, Florida State is off the table, whether that was real or not in the past. So, uh, Coach Stoops is is an option, and then again, Coach Moss. If we see him being uh, as I don't know, Brian, that is outlandish a bad word. Animated, outlandish. I will be you know, coaching like a crazy man. If he's going to be <laughs> as crazy of a man as we've seen before, it, it could possibly be him. It's it's uh, exactly what I had, Jake. But I'll get into it. Let Bryant tell us why it's Winston Moss before I go. Whoa, whoa, chill, everyone. I don't know why everyone thinks I play this favoritism role that I only pick Wildcat players and I only pick... There's reasons behind why I choose why I choose. That being said, Coach Moss is definitely going to be <laughs> the most talked about coach in this league. The, the man, you haven't spent enough time with him to know... How, like, Alan, you got to talk to him, right? And, and you're welcome for that. But you Appreciate haven't it. spent time with the man. Yeah, you're welcome. You haven't spent time with the man. You haven't spent time on a football field with the man, at a bar with the guy. This man, he, he he knows how to light up a room, ignite 
a fan base. I think there's something special about Coach Moss that uh, that we're not going to see from any of the other coaches, and that's a good thing. And I think it's in, in, in a good way. You know, if if the XFL has that kind of game day feel, you know, college game day feel, where where before the the big game of the week, they go out to the to the parking lot of the of the schools, you know, homeschools uh, team. Coach Moss would be there. That's the kind of thing he would do if the Wildcats were playing like the Battlehawks or something like that. Coach Moss is going to make himself available for anyone. Uh, and and but you're right, Jake. You know, Stoops just because of the name itself. Uh, will probably be up there as well, if not the coach up there, uh, just because he's the most recognizable name. I already had somebody ask me for insider information on Coach Stoops uh, two nights ago while I was at dinner. So, uh, so it's <laughs> he's just the guy it's just everyone's the name interested. In. Yeah, yes. he's the, Stoops. This is how I put it. Stoops is the guy everyone's interested in and is going to be keeping their eye on. But I think by season's end, it it could be Winston Moss just because of. Well, I think he's he's got, I think, good players and a team that could succeed, but also he's the most memeable coach. He's the guy, once he's on the sidelines, I mean, there could be true moments that go viral in, in the XFL, and I think there will be all over the league. And I think Winston Moss is an excellent candidate for, for a personality in this league that's going to create a lot of those moments. But also the, the star power of Bob Stoops is something everyone's going to be keeping their eye on. And to have different kinds of elements throughout your league where you've got coaches with tons of prowess like that, coaches with all this fire, and we're going to be super interesting on television. Uh, you know, you've got a, a coach in Pep Hamilton who, it, I mean, that speech we played earlier, I, I'm, I'm going to be quoting that forever. It was so cool. It was so good. I mean, there, there's personalities. There's interesting guys on the sidelines. We're going to be hopefully talking about them all, but I think those two stand out. I think Stoop starts ahead. Moss has a chance to catch him, but it's going to be tough because, like Jake said, at the end of the year, a lot of people are either going to be saying, where's Bob Stoops going next or what happened to Bob Stoops? It's going to be it's going to be really uh, interesting to watch how he's covered and talked about throughout the season for sure. Uh, but the moments will be created by Moss. Cannot wait for the coaches in 2020 and uh can't wait to have more of them on the show all right let's talk about this last superlative this last hope and dream we have going into the the new year jake in 2020 i want to know to you what will success mean for the xfl in the coming year well at the bare minimum success would mean finishing the season something we uh have not seen with every new football league that pops up so while that is setting the low the, the bar very very low uh you know the bare minimum would be finishing the season and you know adding with a and i can't give you a specific number but with a uh, respectable viewing audience i i'm, I'm not even gonna go you know i i don't even want to talk about uh you know expansion uh other networks potentially wanting in on the action, collegiate players, uh, you know, opting for the XFL versus the NFL. Success would mean finishing the season. J Jake, Jake, how tall are you? Uh, six, two, six, three. Why are you reaching for the low hanging fruit, my friend? Come on. <laughs> we all know what that... the end. We all know that we want high ratings. Come on, man. Like, let's think out of the box a little bit. We'll come back to you. How about that? If you, you set after your we... expectations low, and this is a personal mantra of mine, <laughs> set your expectations low enough, you can't be disappointed. <laughs> I've known it for a long time, Brian. He's pretty much right on brand right now. <laughs> uh, he is as advertised, that's for sure. I, I, I thought about this a lot. I brought up something to you guys earlier this week. I didn't know... How, I, how you all thought. I got no reaction from it when I messaged it to all of you. Uh, but something that we've discussed, that maybe that we've talked about in the past that we haven't really addressed recently is NFL involvement with the XFL, right? That's what kind of partnership would help the XFL. And, I, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The, the reasons the NFL would want the XFL to succeed are no reasons why the XFL should want to succeed right they shouldn't the goal should never be to to be the nfl's um minor leagues or anything of that nature but what the nfl does could heavily 
affect what the XFL, what happens with the XFL. So I said that if the NFL establishes some sort of, how do I put this? Some sort of process to bring in players that have played in the XFL, I think that it would be huge for the XFL because now you're going to have more eyeballs on your t- on your games for players that potentially could quote unquote get drafted into the NFL or assigned or some sort of waiver process. So I think that's kind of the goal is if the NFL has to do something to account for the players coming from your league, then you you've established something that's solid and people are going to actually start paying attention to each and every spring. So you're saying that the more players the NFL poaches from the XFL, that that would signal a greater no, success. No, no, no. That's not, not just poached because that's going to happen. But if the NFL establishes some sort of system or rules in place for players coming from the XFL, similar to the way they do for college, right? They, there is a draft. You can't just be a college player and go to the team you want unless you're not drafted, right? So it's the same thing for the XFL is if the NFL establishes some way for players to be assigned to teams, whether it's a draft or a lottery or something like that. To where you can't just say, hey, Dallas, uh, everybody loves the Cowboys, so everybody gets to go sign with Dallas because you get to pick whoever you want. Like some sort of system to take the players from the NFL to the XFL. I'm sorry, excuse me, flip that. From the XFL to the NFL would help the XFL immensely. This makes sense, Bryant, but now I think Jake's going for the low-hanging fruit, and I think you're hoping for something that's... I don't just not going to happen on the NFL's part. They've I can got jump a, pretty high. They've got a CBA can, at least in up. one season. They can, yeah, they've got a CBA coming up that well, they've got to get the together with. Was what will success mean for the XFL in 2020? Oh come on! In oh, I 20, guess there isn't in 2020 up there, huh? Yeah, I just in, that. in the entire year. <laughs> in the fine I mean, print, you're really you're <laughs> you're really putting a lot of hope into the NFL to get their their stuff together for something like that. That I think on their in terms of their priority might be a little bit lower but for the xfl i mean they obviously don't want that league to make moves that can harm their their chances at getting the players they've gotten so far that's important for sure um i i went as usual you know one's too low one's too high i kind of went even keel here i think in 2020 success for the xfl is going to mean yes we get a championship game and and the season ends but that the season consists of of fan interest and coverage of the on-field product itself not the business of the xfl or off play off-field player issues uh, i think that if the focus for the entire season is genuine interest from fans and the media alike on what's going on each and every single weekend in the xfl on the field that's going to be a success because that means that the football sold people wanted to see the football and we're talking about the football in the aaf no one was talking about the football. Even though it was pretty good, we were talking about will there be a next week. In XFL 1.0, no one was talking about the football. We were talking about what a spectacle it was. XFL 2.0, XFL 2020, it needs to be about the competition and the fun fans are having watching football well after the Super Bowl. And also, a second component, I'm going to say it's going to be a success if the players enjoy it and are happy. I'm hoping these players are happy and enjoy it and want to be a part of this league moving forward because without players enjoying the game, you, you can't have a league. So that's what I'm hoping for in 2020 for the success. That's what it means to me for the XFL, and we'll see how it pans out, Jake. But I will say you, with your with your bar, that is definitely the lowest hurdle we need to get over at a bare minimum, a championship. Yeah, and I was, I was thinking about this as you were uh... – talking you know in addition to television viewership it's also going to be important for how many people actually show up to the games you know uh we are in genuine nfl stadiums on some of these games and we know they're not going to be uh packed or at least we don't think they're going to be packed uh to the very top hanging off the rafters but we would expect or or at least hope for a respectable crowd that looks good on television yeah, I, I'm hoping for it because nothing's better than a packed house going crazy for a game, a concert, or anything. That'll help sell it as well if the fans show up and, you know, if the games are good, if it's good Chris football, Brian, I expect that. And uh, I cannot wait for that first game in D.C. to see what that awesome Audi field's going to be like because that's, I think, an awesome stadium to have the very first game in 
One of the soccer stadiums, smaller venue, intimate, and could be very noisy. I'm also hoping for that. That would be a cherry on top for me, though, Jake, for the season. And, uh, man, I, I cannot wait. And we're going to find out in just six weeks. Jeez. Can you believe it? So quick. No, I cannot. I cannot believe we're this close. Uh, Alan, I, we haven't talked about it too, but do you think the what team, what XFL team benefits from the their their own NFL team's woes the most? I would think oh. it's DC. Oh yeah, DC's a, oh DC's able to go out there and say we're going to be you know a team a football team that will actually care about fans and want to make things fun <laughs> for you. Yeah, those are some, some in terms of football. Those sports fans are they are uh, they've been. But you're in for something different. Yeah, they they haven't been done right. Well, we could say that. Uh, they haven't been done right. Are we right. able to answer uh, St. Louis, or have they been too far removed? I don't know if you've noticed, Jake. I That's why I said, is or is it because they've no been team too far removed? In St. Louis at this very moment. Right. I didn't bring it up. I'm just, I'm just almost, answering obvious. I'm answering obvious questions here. That's all I'm doing. Almost made anything. it through a whole episode without Bryant... <laughs> Saying something hey, about no, Saint I want some cred, Russ, my man on Twitter. Hell yeah, Russ. Always, Come always on. is yeah. hashtag go battlehawks. I love the dedication. I shouted him out and I made sure to make a point that it was me who shouted him out on on Twitter. Russ uh, for the is maybe the OG of the OGs. I think he was the very first patron, too, if I'm not of, mistaken. Of the road to 2020. I mean, and here we are, the last show of 2019. Russ has been here listening to the show since uh, pretty much day one, as far as I can remember. And uh, it's been awesome having people ride along with us that long. And also anybody yeah. else who's jumping on new, getting excited, finding out about the show, going back in the archives like we talked about, <laughs> or sending us messages at XFL show, interacting with these these football fans like us who are just hyped for the league to kick off and have so many ideas. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable the things that we're able to do when we come together as football fans and a league's listening to us. Because look at them. They're putting rules in place that we were only contemplating a, a year and a half ago. And now we've got a rule book coming in just over a week and a training camp to cover uh, in the month of January. Very, very special moment. Enjoyed 2019. How do you cover but, football? How do you cover Anybody football? Anybody know that out there? Like, I only know how to cover, like, the, the promise of football. Now football is actually here. Yeah. I'm not hundred percent how to do this. You're, oh, okay. I'll give you some tips. Cause I used to cover the, uh, you know, some okay, football down you. in the South. Like, we so might have to talk offline. When we bit. actually on this show have to talk about actual games and scores and what went down. I got you. I'll teach you. Okay. But yeah. I appreciate that. Alan. 2019. You. What a great year it was for, for this show in particular. It was a fun cover and everything that was announced about the league, but Oh my goodness, Jake, 2020 is going to be even better. And it's closer than ever. Yes, it is. Six weeks for Jake. For Bryant, I'm Alan. Happy New Year, everybody. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.